Welcome to Pastor's Coffee and Conversation, a uh, time to share in thoughts and talk back and forth about some of the different things going on at St. Paul's United Methodist Church. I am the pastor here, Sean Blackwelder. And I'm Gail Tabor. I'm the director of church planting and outreach. So welcome, everybody. And today we're talking about discernment. Um, that is... Um, Sometimes a very churchy word, uh, but it is a word that apparently not a lot of people are all that familiar with. And I'm a little surprised at that because I think in our daily lives, um, in our personal lives, we discern a lot of things. We we discern what we're going to have for supper. You know, we think about like, oh, how, what am I going to eat? Is that good for me? Is it not good for me? And, and what kind of choice am I making on this? And then we make big discernment questions. We, we talk about um, discerning whether or not you should get married or whether or not you should have children or whether or not um, you should change jobs or what, what school or, or those are all discerning processes where you are thinking about, is this something that I should do and is this good for me or my family? And, right. and that's a big part of that process. But in the church and specifically from a Christian perspective, discernment does not just include uh, do I want to do this or is this just good for me? Uh, discernment uh, really mostly deals with the question, is God calling me to do this or what is God calling me to do? Uh, that is the first and most important question in discernment. And I, w I would go so far as to say in our personal lives, as we're making those decisions, it's a good idea to involve God in those decisions. Maybe not about what you're having for supper, but maybe. Um, but all of the big life decisions, I think that we should be looking to God to find out what, what God is thinking that we should do um, and not just standing on our own. But discernment as a collective body is a little bit of a different process than if you're just discerning for yourself. If you're discerning for yourself, you're going to spend some time in prayer. You're going to spend some time in scripture. And then you are going to um, come up with the idea of what you think God is asking of you or what God is leading you to do. And it's, the process is really not all that different as a church, except you have a whole lot more people involved in that. And as we all know, more people um, bring more opinions to the table. And more perspectives. Yeah, so... Uh, one of the dangers, of course, is practicing a kind of discernment in which we decide what it is we want to do and then ask God to bless it, uh, which gets things entirely backward. What we want to do is seek and search out what God wants us to do. And when we're talking about doing that as a body, as a group of people, it's important to bring in a lot of different perspectives, uh, a lot of different ideas. People who are new to the church along with people who've been with the church a long time. Uh, people who bring a younger perspective as well as those who bring a more seasoned perspective to what we are doing. Uh, but when we enter that process of discernment together, there are some very important things uh, that we do uh, that we want to do as part of the process before we seek to answer the question. If somebody comes in to the discernment process with their minds already made up, they've done it wrong. Right? So what we want to do is we want to seek out 
How is God speaking to us in Scripture? Right? We also want to seek out God in prayer, a prayer that involves not just asking God for things, but listening for what God has to say to us. Right? Then we also want to look at uh, the world around us. Um, we uh, might want to look at uh, where there is a need, right? Um, and how those needs might be met. And then we look within at ourselves and, and say, uh, are we equipped to meet that need? Um, and so that is part of that process, but it's played out in conversation. It's played out in learning together. And then after we've done all of that, then we are more well-equipped to... Uh, to make those decisions. Of course, one of the, uh, I've left out one big part too, is asking questions of ourselves uh, during that. And that's one of the things we've done in our own discernment process here. We, we started the discernment process here for the question, as most of you know, um, should we plant a church over the bridge? And uh, if you have been paying attention over the last several months, you will notice that throughout the church, there are all of these pieces of paper stuck on the wall. And um, they all have things written on them uh, that come out of the discussions that we've had. And they are discussions about who are we at St. Paul's? And what is it that we think that we have to offer in a new place? Um, who... Who do we think is in need of being reached and how do we think we could reach them? Um, and to, to find out and ask those hard questions of ourselves, but also to look at the world around us in a, um, not a rose colored glasses kind of way, not in an us versus them kind of way, but in a realistic way to say, is this a need that we can meet? Is this something that God is calling us to be a part of? And if so, um, how would that look? And we're really coming to the part of the process now where we're talking about how would that look if we were to uh, move forward in this process and to decide that God is indeed um, seeing something in us that is worth taking to somewhere else and seeing a need in others that we could meet. And what would that look like if we did that um, thing? Right. And all of this other stuff has come before, before we've even asked the question, what would that look like if we did it? Uh, there were lots of questions that we were asking of ourselves and trying to seek the answers to. Uh, there was guidance that we were seeking from, um, from uh, scripture, from prayer together, guidance from our New Faith Communities Office, uh, from other church planners who have experience in doing this. But we've also sought uh, guidance and input from the people of St. Paul's. Now, I'll tell you, not a lot of people have availed themselves of that opportunity. Uh, but uh, we invited everyone in the church uh, to seek to answer some of these questions with us, uh, to seek out where God is leading us and where that might be pointing us as, as to how we are supposed to respond. That's a very difficult thing to do. It's, it's, it, it can be very difficult to, um, 
it, it feels almost like stepping into the unknown and and saying i don't know the answer or um even in the i think i know the answer and i'm not sure i'm willing to let go of what i think in order to hear what others might be saying or what god might be saying and that's a difficult place in our personal lives to um to set aside what we want or what we think and to uh, let uh, you know there's a, 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 a phrase that went around several years ago that was let go and let God um, but it really is kind of one of those things where um, we have to let go of what we want and let go of what we think in order to leave space for God to say to us here's what we what you are being called to do here is what I think you are capable of and I will tell you from personal experience that God frequently says, God thinks I am way more capable than I do. <laughs> um, and um, Amazing how that happens. It, it, it is. And yet in all of those things that God has called me to where I didn't think I was capable, um, it turns out I was. Um, and it turns out that when God wanted me to do what God wanted me to do, and I said yes, God provided all that I needed to make that happen mm -hmm. over yeah, and exactly. over. Uh, because I think I've said before, but if you see something that you think needs to be done or that you want to do, and you know for sure that you can do it with your own resources, um, that you have everything it takes to do that. Well, that doesn't require faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Stepping out to do something with no other assurance than an, a certainty that God has called you to do it. Um, that takes faith. Faith that God will provide the resources, will equip you to be who God needs you to be in order to, to carry that out. Um, uh, that takes faith. And, um, you know, if people of the church can't practice faith, then I'm not sure who can. It's hard, y'all. I'm, I'm just going to flat out admit, practicing faith is hard. Um, but as you're practicing faith, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Because the more you see just how God does come alongside, just how God does uh, provide and enrich, and how um, it really does, uh, if God wants it, that's just it, it just works out. Over and over and over again, and the more you see that happening, the easier it is to trust that God is going to provide what you need when you need it. And um, it's a pretty cool feeling when you get to that point. Yeah, it really is. So I'm going to shift gears for us a little bit and talk about, because we're getting to the point in our discernment process where we're, talk where we're starting to have the conversation of what would it look like um, if we were to answer God and to uh, plant over the bridge. And um, that decision hasn't yet been made. Um, there's still many steps to, to get to that point where we're like, yes, we're doing this, or no, we're not doing this. But knowing how this works and, and what the possibilities are uh, for how we would plant a church, I think is an important thing for us uh, to know as a congregation, to know as a discernment team. And so we're going to talk about some of those ways today um, and what they might look like uh, for us um, as St. Paul's. Um, the first one is um, one that maybe we're all familiar with is something that's called a pioneer plant. Also called a parachute plant. 
<laughs> and and so basically what it is 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 they take someone and they drop them in a spot and say plant a church, and um, there's while there would be support because we're United Methodists and there's a connectional aspect to everything that we do as of the Methodist Church. It, it would not be supported necessarily by St. Paul's or by some other church entity specifically. Um, it would be tr- by the conference. Right. And, and it would just be a go and do. And um, so what the, the statistics say is that is a church plant that is not as successful as other models for planting churches. Not typically. No, there are uh, very few rare people who can be dropped down in a community and do a pioneer plant and do it well. Um, uh, There are some churches in our district, uh, Harbor United Methodist being one of them, um, and um, Seaside United Methodist being another, that were successful pioneer plants, that the conference identified this area and say, hey, this is a rapidly growing area. There is a need there. We need to plant a church. And they did it, and it turned out well. For every one of those, though, there are, are probably 10 others uh, that it just didn't work out. Uh, it, either it was not a good plan, the person appointed to do that work was not right for that community, or uh, it just wasn't helpful to start out a, a church uh, with somebody who is new to that community, who doesn't have any of those connections already. Uh, so... In most cases, uh, our conference has moved away from doing pioneer plants and has done one of the versions of uh, kind of an anchor church plant uh, in, in most cases anymore. So when we talk about anchor church um, plants, so which is what we are in the discernment process about, um, is to um, to plant a church in cooperation where St. Paul's would be the anchor church, would be the church that is um, a part of the support system for whatever it is that would come over the bridge. Um, so the models for that, um, there, there are three. And so we'll just kind of go through what those might look like. One is called a mother-daughter. And... Um, uh, so when you think of, of mother-daughter, you think of um, something, someone who births something new, and they nurture it and let it grow up, and eventually it stands on its own, it moves out, it gets 18, and it moves out, and, and it starts buying its own groceries. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just the growing up process. And so when you're thinking of a church plant being that way, um, St. Paul's would birth something, something new. And then nurture it as it's growing up and until it can stand on its own um, and, and be its own entity. And so there would be varying levels of support that would come for, for that new entity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like parenting, some kids need a lot more and some kids need a, a lot less. And, um, but that, that the parent would be there uh, to help along the way. Yes, exactly. And that can be somewhat unpredictable, just like raising kids, uh, (laughs) because they can turn out different ways. And for some kids, it takes them longer to be independent. Uh, Same thing with with, uh, mother-daughter church plants. It it takes longer sometimes for those newer churches to be independent. Um, uh, For instance, 
we started up three churches from my home church when I was growing up in Florida. Uh, uh, the first was a, um, a church in an area between us and the next town that was growing. Uh, and we started that church up, called a pastor, got the congregation up and running, and within a couple of years, they were entirely independent. Uh, the next church we started up was uh, a church uh, to, uh, to serve the Haitian immigrant community. Uh, we had some people in our church who had been missionaries to Haiti. They drew a, a pretty large group of people, and we helped them to start up a church. Very similarly, uh, while we put resources into that startup, they found a place. Um, they called a pastor. They started worshiping, and within a few years, they were independent. Um, then uh, after that, uh, we started up a, um, a Hispanic church, Hispanic outreach. And um, uh, Florida, of course, not only has a, a large migrant population, especially where we were, but a, a large uh, permanent Latino uh, population. And in seeking to reach that, we started up uh, another congregation. And uh, that one, it took longer to get its legs under it, uh, working with a community that has a significant number of migrants who are fluctuating in and out of the community was less predictable. Um, and it took a little longer, but all of those church plants worked. So, so, so you, you kind of, you know, like Sean said, like raising children, you, you don't know exactly how things are going to work out. Um, but I think that anytime you are starting something new, uh, anytime you are embarking on a new adventure, um, that has a tendency to not always go exactly according to plan. Um, that doesn't mean that God's not calling you to it. It just means that sometimes the plan, um, doesn't look the way that you think it will look right right um, and if, i do have to say one thing about all three of those plants were we sent people from our congregation to start those churches uh, most of whom stayed with those churches which meant in a way we lost some some very good folks but more importantly what we saw was a growth in discipleship because we were willing to give in that way and share in that way the 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 other um way that churches can be planted in in a cooperative way is to do a partnership or a cooperative ministry mm -hmm. um which is if a the church plant um and the the host church or the the um the anchor church the anchor that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> the anchor church um share some ministry together and so um there could be ministries that um, that are done together, um, and there's some cooperative um, ministry that happens with sharing of some resources, with sharing of some um, uh, personnel, and um, so you could see how in in this case there could be ministry that gets done together. The one that's near and dear to my heart is perhaps Lego Club. Um, is something, and that children's ministry is something that the new church plant and St. Paul's would do together, or perhaps youth ministry, where you don't have enough in either place to really have a, 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 a thriving group, but together 
you would have mm-hmm. a thriving group that would um, be able to do more and to uh, enrich the lives of uh, those around uh, more. And so there's certainly no no um, plan at this point that that's what we're doing. I'm just spitballing ideas of what might right. Might That's work. what it could look like. What it could look like. Um, one of the uh, one of the things that new church starts often deal with is a lack of office space, for instance. And a lot of existing churches have space that goes unused, and so it gets used for that. Um, uh, in other cases, there are shared ventures in ministry. Uh, a lot of times dealing with children and youth, but sometimes dealing with other outreach ministries as well. Uh, things that those churches partner in together. Um, and that is particularly helpful when the anchor church uh, might find it itself um, in a time of financial uncertainty uh, and, and yet still realizing that there are assets that it has that it can share. And, and frequently there's the thought that this is just a monetary uh, giving that it that the support that would come for the new church would just be oh, we're going to stroke a check and we're going to we're going to give money to that and that's not usually well sometimes that's the case but that's not always the case right. um it is other resources um like office space or like sharing in ministry together um that uh can can be a cooperative or a partnership in how that ministry uh, works together the, the next way that uh, a church can be planted um, is a satellite. And a satellite is just another campus for the anchor church. And so um, much like what we do on the boardwalk, where uh, St. Paul's is uh, the entity, and there was no new entity created besides church at the boardwalk, which is something completely supported by and a, a ministry and outreach of St. Paul's. Everything that happens there is all St. Paul's United Methodist Church. It's nothing that is separate, nothing that is uh, different. It is 100% just a ministry of uh, this church. And so we could do that over the bridge. That would just be a satellite um, campus uh, right. for St. Paul's. Exactly. Which... You see in a lot of cases uh, throughout the country and in our community that there are some large churches with multiple campuses and they stay under the leadership of the lead pastor and uh, whatever the uh, governing organization has to be, happens to be in that church. But then each of those campuses will have its own campus pastor, its own worship leaders, um, and, and various things like that as they seek to spread out more into uh, into the community. Um, and usually uh, that involves an investment of financial resources and people. Um, and you generally have to have an abundance of both in order to be able to, uh, to do a full-on satellite plant, uh, as well as having a place to meet. Um, and... Uh, and that can be a little more of a challenge sometimes. So, so we've kind of laid out the, the, the skeleton of, of what the different models of planting a church look like. And our discernment team will be um, going through these and talking about the different um, ways that um, 
these might apply to where we are and to what we feel that God is calling us to do. And um, we, we would like to invite you to be a part of that conversation. Um, as, as the discernment team is discerning, um, we would like for the congregation to be a part of that. We, as Sean said early on, we, we keep inviting everyone into this conversation because the more voices we hear, the more people who are listening for God and hearing God, um, the better the decisions we will be able to make. Right. Exactly. And so uh, this coming Wednesday at 10 a.m. in our Community Life Center, uh, we'll have uh, a live in-person, face-to-face, pastor's coffee and conversation so we can talk more about uh, discernment and talk more about this specific uh, avenue of discernment that we are going through right now. And so I hope that you'll Take the time to join us for that, and if you cannot join us in person, but you'd like to continue this conversation, uh, I would like to invite you to please contact me or contact Gail, and um, uh, let's set up a time that uh, we can sit down face-to-face or, uh, or perhaps have a conversation over the phone to talk more about it. We'd love to have those. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us for Coffee and Conversation, y'all. Thanks, everybody.